Sanctity Space Podcast. I'm Maria. And I'm Alejandro. And today we went to Half Price Books. <laughs> <laughs> I was honestly thinking about the concept of buying and reselling books. Mm-hmm. And how, well, you know, I'm trying to be more like minimalistic and more aware of my impact on the environment. Um, and... I think half price books is a great way. Like if you're instead of going to Barnes and Nobles, plus it's half the price, you know, you are reusing a book that someone already, I guess, had. Mm-hmm. And but if you want to go a step further, the library. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it's like if you don't want to, if you're okay with not owning that copy of that certain book then I think the library would be the best way to go. It's the most environmentally cheapest, you know, mm-hmm. covers all the boxes, basically, on right. minimalism and environmentalism. Right. But I, I will say, there's also the, um, there's also the, like, basically owning things feels nice, right? Um, and sometimes... But it's like, even that term, like, ownership, mm-hmm. you know? It's right. like we, like, own something. I guess it feels nice to own things, but... Yeah, to have it's a part also, of this world. But there's some things that we claim ownership over that I'm not sure we should have ownership over. Right. Like, our animals, like pets, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like we claim ownership over them. Or, like, our property. Right. You know? It's like, how do you claim ownership over a piece of land right and say like oh yeah no one like this is my property and like right but i guess that is like the foundation of like you know mm-hmm. the u.s and yeah well it, i will say the, the concept of ownership um it's a very western development um in ter- and by western i mean like european and then european you know europe turned into like you know they spread into the u.s or into the Americas and stuff, but um, the concept of ownership, it wasn't seen the same in different cultures. Uh, Like, in Eastern cultures, um, ownership is something completely different, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can still own land, um, but it's not as highly prioritized as it is here in the the West, right? Yeah. Um, Like, over like you know if you if you looked at uh, let's say for example japanese history you'd say that ownership wasn't necessarily the the biggest um you know the biggest say or the biggest thing that uh, in culture you know like if you look back at the same time period in the u.s like everything was about ownership what you owned you know how much what you owned was taxed you know, how much you could expand what you own. You know what I mean? Like, the whole concept of the land opportunity is just essentially, you know, a nice way of saying the land of the possibility of owning more, right? But I guess the the whole thing that I'm talking about is that uh, before the before we kind of took over the, the continent, there was other societies of people, the natives, that saw the concept of ownership as something completely different and the boundaries of ownership were very well defined right and i think that's what you're kind of talking about um you know what are the boundaries of the concept of ownership 
you know, can I own anything as long as I have a paper for it? You know, like, do we own the moon? You know, it's like, when does it end? Exactly. I feel like there are some things that I'm not sure we should be allowed to own. Right. Like, the Native Americans, the reason why we were able to so easily steamroll some of these cultures, obviously not just because of technology, or technology was a big factor, but it was also the concept that uh, land wasn't owned, you know, like they they had a very closely knit understanding of the world with also their um, spirituality, you know, and so they saw themselves as part of of the world, um, not necessarily as, you know, owning part of the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they are themselves part of the environment. And the things that they did own um, was also communal, you know? Not, yeah. it's not this is not necessarily communism but it's it's a community you know um people share things like your own children you like it's not like the atomic family where like these are my kids and i teach my kids and you keep your kids over there and our kids see each other at school it's like you know if you have a kid like you know the tribes mothers would all grow them up you know what i mean like everyone everyone was responsible yeah, for society. Yeah. You know, for and like... I think, you know, it should be like that in... Because I feel like a lot of people establish ownership as like, okay, now I have responsibility over this thing, you know? Right. It's like adopt a highway. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, you own, like, part of this highway, and then now you, like, take responsibility over it. Right. Um, and so I feel like people are, like, tying these two concepts together. When it's like, you can be responsible for things and not own them. Exactly. Um, it's you like, can be a steward of it. Exactly. Like you said, like community. Like a community kind of like takes responsibility for a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of it being like, this person owns this thing and only this person is like solely responsible. You know? Right. But I think it's also tied to the fact that owning something feels good because, like for example, what we're talking about responsibility without ownership, a lot of people feel like they're being cheaped out. You know, like... I, I would connect this to a bigger thing that I've seen connected to apathy. But instead of going into that, I'll just basically say, nowadays, people are trying to get something of value um, from everything they do. Like, the concept of what's in it for me, right? Yeah. And so if you're going to be responsible of something, then obviously you want to get the benefits of it, right? Like, for example, a lot of people don't like foster like foster care. Well, it's very difficult for the families. Like, I'm not going to, like, minimize that, right? But I will say, like, some people don't even try it because, well, these aren't going to be their kids, quote-unquote. You know what I mean? So it's like, why would you put in time into time and effort into somebody or something that is not going to, you know, give you re- direct rewards, you know? And so yeah, it's which like, I think it's so messed up. Right. But, I mean, the thing is, we do that, too, you know? Like, yeah. like, we have, like, both of us, like, we have said... But we don't do that with people. That is a completely different thing. Right, right. But I'm saying, like, we have done that in regards to people. We don't do it to people. But, like, there have been times where we make a decision where between, well, should I put time into this person or this group? Or, and I'm not referring to, like, yesterday or something like that. Um, not referring to, like, students helping students. Sorry, we... A side note, we had to cancel a meeting for a club we're part of. Um, 
But that was for mental health reasons and stuff. Yeah. I was just making sure that she knows that I'm not, like, doing some weird around hit on that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm mostly referring to sometimes we we say, well, you know, I have to take care of myself or, you know, got to look out for number one. People say that stuff, right? And Yeah. And I don't know. I guess sometimes that's that's rooted in that in that thinking of what's in it for me you know if there's something if there's Mm. nothing in there for you then you automatically avoid those you know those situations you know and i think i think um you know obviously i'm no saint but i think overall that that's why the whole ownership like ownership and responsibility are so closely tied because ownership responsibility without ownership to a lot of people feels like slavery now slavery is something completely different but i think from a you know we come from a position of privilege that we don't actually know what having no choice means and what being actually bound and owned feels like you know what i mean so we kind of label the things that we label it extreme this is a problem that is actually very very spread out through the english language of exaggeration and we don't know we're exaggerating, so we just start using it, you know? Like, when we say, oh, I feel like a slave, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think we understand what we're saying. Uh, and I don't want to go into, like, a rant about about English, but... Yeah, I but think... I think slavery is different than, mm-hmm. like, having responsibility and no ownership. Because these are, you know, like how you were saying the natives, mm-hmm. I mean... They did, as a community, take care of each other mm-hmm. and look out for each other. And this was a societal thing. And it's not like any of them were slaves to each other. Right. You know, it wasn't until um, the Europeans came in that then they then became slaves. But it wasn't, you know. Right. It was, it's different. Well, I completely agree with you. But I'm saying that that's what, overall, that's what the Western ideology has towards what we're talking about yeah yeah. you know like it's they brought it in exactly that's why that's why the natives so quickly were defeated and or became slaves or became subservient because the western mindset classified the group of what they believed as something as a subservient race you know what i mean Hmm. um like one of the first things columbus said when he came back he talked about the beauty of the island how much gold they had and when he started talking about the, this was in Puerto Rico, the, the Tainos, he said they would make perfect servants. He said that word for word, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I you know, I'm kind of just deconstructing why people are so adverse to having responsibility without ownership, right? Um, yeah. And in many ways, it kind of makes sense. Like, for example, living in an apartment isn't always nice you know like you have the responsibility of like you know obviously paying your rent and making sure that you can live there but you don't have any ownership of it but i will say like it's not a direct translation because it's not like you're in a community in an apartment you know like you're you're under a contract and i think yeah i I think that's kind of what we're having a lot it's it goes back to where the boundaries of ownership are yeah i think in society, we're making everything a subconscious contract. You know, everything is, you know, two parties that are 
quote unquote have opposing opposing needs or you know different goals and they try to like compromise you know that's kind of what a contract is right um and like that sounds kind of not nice but we can't make everything on contract like a community doesn't work under contract you know like i'm part of a group called tres dias and i give my time you know i give every two weeks we're doing these things called team meetings and they take you know i'm not always excited for them because they take forever it's like eight hours and it's basically you know it's volunteer work mm-hmm. um you know and so a lot of people would say would say well why do you do this you know what i mean especially since you already have other things going on right and it's because i'm working for more than just my own experience you know what i mean or like i'm working for more than just myself I'm not even doing this for, like, a resume or... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I'm I'm part of something bigger than myself, and I am willingly fulfilling my role in it, you know? Yeah. And... But that in itself gives you some self-satisfaction, you know? Right, but And knowing that you are doing something that will help other people. Exactly, like but... Like, if it just didn't help anyone and you were just doing it, would you, be, would you still be doing it? Well, no, obviously, and but for me to have that satisfaction, I need to have a change of mind. Yeah. There's people that... And I guess that's what I was trying to get at. It's like Mm -hmm. this culture thing that we have about ownership and about um, what it means to be responsible for something. You know, we as a community need to be responsible for community things. Right. You know, just because you don't own it doesn't mean you're not responsible. And, like, also the latter is also true. Right. And I think, you know... For me, like, I'm trying to be more of a minimalist and an environmentalist, and I'm really trying to be aware of my purchases and aware of how this is affecting other people, what I own, how it's affecting everyone else, because we don't live in an isolated world. Right. We live in a world that our things affect other people. Even if it's not directly, it might affect someone, like, on the other side of the world. Right. What we buy affects someone miles away right and i i think that's beautifully said because you know i think we so often isolate the concept of what we own to us you know we own this so this only affects us and now you know a lot of people can are sometimes conscious a little bit about well when i'm buying something where did it come from you know but i don't think they also think about when I'm hoarding something, how is it affecting somebody, you know? Yeah, or when I get rid of it, how is that affecting someone? And every step of the way, it's affecting someone other than yourself. Exactly, and, and, you know, to be aware of this and actually do, you know, be able to use this information in a way that can help others, it takes a big mindset change, and it's really rough sometimes because you first have to learn how much you probably are not being a good member of society, to them be a good member of society you know what i mean yeah although i will say it can be a little difficult because i do have those moments where um like my ideology my ideologies clash with each other right you know like i'm trying to be a minimalist but i'm also trying to be better about taking care of the environment so sometimes those two can kind of clash for me mm-hmm. um or sometimes you want to have your independence and in your yeah. case, it might need to own more of the stuff that you do have and, you know, leave behind some of the things that someone else owns for you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I guess an example I would give is, um, 
you know, sometimes when we get, like, takeout and stuff? Yeah. Um, and we get, like, those plastic containers. I'm like, I don't want to throw it away. Or, like, I don't want to recycle it because I don't know what's going to happen to it. Like, I just don't want to Yeah. add to the landfills, add to the, you know, like, I don't really know. The whole, the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. Sometimes, like, recycling just doesn't end up exactly where you want it to. And this is a whole thing. So, I'm like, I want to keep it, I want to wash it and use it myself. But then the minimalist in me is like, I have a lot of containers like this already i should probably not be like hoarding it you know and i think this is where the community part of it comes in like in little moments like that where it's like i don't need to own everything that i need because i have a community that will lend me those items so instead of having like one item each person it's like you have one item and the whole community just kind of uses it when they need to right and so in that you don't spend as much money, you don't use up as much waste, and more people benefit from it. Right. Better for the environment, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you can keep your house clutter-free because you, like, don't own anything. Right. (laughs) Or don't own as many things, obviously. Right. Um, And that's kind of how I'm... The things that you do own, you do focus on impact for your community, impact for yourself. So the things that you do own that are in your house, they're actually more meaningful, you know, than just, like, basically a walking museum of things that you don't really touch yeah well i mean sometimes it's okay to have like things like a museum that you don't really touch that's okay that's like the aesthetic part of i'm I'm not hitting that i'm saying like sometimes people have houses where they fill it up with stuff to look at and make themselves feel good that they own this yeah but you know and to a certain degree that's fine like i have my own little like figures i actually have like computer stuff that like it's not necessarily a walk-in museum because it looks... It's not the most clean right now, but, you know, something that gives me happiness, something that I use, and, you yeah. know, but... Well, sometimes it's for, like, the aesthetic purpose. Right. But I understand what you mean. Right, but I'm saying, like, I guess I'm walking the line of excess. Yeah, You know, and yeah. it's like, I want... If you have it, like, stored in the garage... Yeah. Then it's, like, you're never gonna see it. It's not even for aesthetic purposes. Right. And you haven't used it in, like, a year... Yeah. You probably should give it to someone else that probably would better benefit from it. Right. You know, and also, like, like, give it away. Yeah. And, but I kind of want to circle back to what you were talking about real quick. About the community aspect and how that could be a solution to that minimalism and environmentalism cra- clash, you know? Yeah. That's a beautiful answer. And it's just so frustrating that, you know... That this, essentially society is not heading that way, you know? Yeah. Where, it's all about, like, capitalism and owning more. And although I will say another point that I was going to make was um, it's also nice to have a place that's aesthetically pleasing. Like, you mentioned a museum. Mm-hmm. And I, like, thought of people that are minimalist but, like, have artifacts that they look at. They Like, they don't use. And that also has um purpose you know like even though they're not using it it's like aesthetically pleasing and it like just makes their life that much better right you know because there is um like but at that point satisfaction and aesthetics at at that point we're talking about intentionality between what you own and that's and that's what i'm saying is good right like the few things that you do have they have meaning and purpose beyond the ownership aspect of it yeah. No. And not uh, just in. Right. Like not. Not what, just in like using them, but also in like looking at them. Right, but, I mean, it, it depends what kind of person you are. Like, for me, I'm, I'm I like things having a lot of use. 
So I might have, I mean, you can look at my room. I might have things that are less visually appealing, but I ha I'm surrounded by a lot of things that are very, you know, very u u uh, useful. But for you, you might have, and that, that for me gives me meaning. That for me is intentional. Right. Yeah, for me, I like to have aesthetically pleasing stuff. Like, it makes me feel good about myself. I don't, you know, like, I have tapestries and stuff, and, like, you don't really use those except for, like, looking at them. Right. And, you know, like, artificial plants. Um, I like having those because oh, yeah, it makes me feel right. more grounded. So right. there are things that, like, you know, it's not like I pick it up and use it, like, every day, right. like... But I do look at it, and it makes me just feel better in the morning. It like, right. makes me excited for the day because I'm in a space that I enjoy being in. It's aesthetically nice. Right. Um, and so I'm not hitting that. I think what I'm trying to hit is owning things for the sake of owning them. Yeah. Right? Or having something have an appearance for the sake of an appearance. Yeah, right, like or having you, something because it's the newest thing. Right. Like, like bandwagging off of everyone else that has it. Right. Like, I guess... You know, like, because it's very hard to draw this line between, oh, you know, what's intentional aesthetic and what's, you know, true, you know, I guess, you know, something that's true, um, that that carries meaning. And I can't be the one that gatekeeps whatever that is. You know, I can't hit on any specific um, aesthetic or type of look. But I think what I'm trying to hit is the people that have... I guess an example is the people that have these mansions that have a sculpture that is of no significance to them other than this is an expensive sculpture. Look at my place. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like the people that, that amass 16 different luxury cars for the sake of saying, look, I have this car. Yeah. You see what I mean? That, that's what I'm hitting. I'm hitting on the... Not hitting. Uh, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to, to say is not necessarily as good is that the sake of owning things for the sake of owning things you yeah know, it's, it's not greed exactly it's that more mentality right which is i think greed is honestly one of the worst like things <laughs> you could possibly have in a person <laughs> because it's like it's never enough yeah you know you could have everything you've ever wanted and it's not enough like they still want more and they still yeah, and, and if you don't like, recognize that that's greed, that's not, like, a quirky, like, that's not the world being bad. It's just, you know, a hunger that you haven't realized you you have to approach differently. Like, you end up harming a lot of things. Yeah, it's like you said, like, a hunger that, like, won't ever be satisfied. Mm -hmm. And I will say, like, hoarding and, like, these are all things that are deeper. Yeah. You know? Because, like, I know, like, I used to be a little bit of a hoarder, and apparently that's, like, an OCD um, trait, mm -hmm. you know? And I have, like, a little bit of OCD. Like, not the OCD where it's, like, oh, my God, I want everything to be, like, symmetrical. symmetrical. It's, like, the OCD where, like, you're hoarding things, and you're being overly clean, and you're feeling like something really bad is going to happen if you don't go back and check ten times something. Right. Like, it, you it's start like, getting existential dread if you don't follow on these suspicions and these an anxious yeah. anxiety, you know? And so, you know, that was one of the things that I didn't know was part of OCD, but it actually is. So it could be deeper than that, you know? Like, the hoarding and the... it's. 
sometimes it is something psychological. So I'm not going to sit here and bash, like, people that hoard or people that, right. you know, aren't like me and aren't, like, super conscious about the earth because everyone has their own things that are going on. Right. Um, I but just it, personally, I'm trying to give, like, kind of my life story and kind of how I like to go about things because I know it's really hard to get rid of things that have sentimental value. Like, I know, oh, yeah. like, from any, like, I know how hard it is. Yeah. You know, and I know how hard it is to get rid of things that are like, but I could use this later. Right. You know? I mean, I've struggled with that too. Like, you know, on candy wrappers, the little tab that you rip off to then access the actual candy bag, you know, like the little tab that you ripped off that's quote unquote trash? Yeah. I used to keep that after I was done with the, the candy. I would then put it together and like not want to throw it away because I'm like, well, I want it to be whole. Like, I would, I don't know. Yeah. I had my own things, but. You know, so it's true that we're not bashing anybody, but we are saying that it is your responsibility to dig deeper and not just say, oh, this is, I'm quirky. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, this is not something that that we should not address. Encourage. It. Right. Yeah. Right. We like, shouldn't bash people, but we also shouldn't encourage this type of behavior. Right. Um, and I guess, like, we're not, I, we're, we're walking the line of not bashing, but we're, we're talking about the harm that it can bring. You know, that mindset. We all need to educate ourselves, and I'm still learning about how to be more environmentally friendly, and it's hard, you know, because of all the reasons we just explained. Um, And so I think we need to have more of those resources out there and kind of not like greed and... um, these other things like take over us and be very conscious of what we're buying why we're buying it how we're gonna get rid of it you know and not be hoarding up things that other people could be using right um i think awareness is something that has really helped me in my journey in not being such a materialistic person right and actually like giving back to your society yeah and also I guess one thing that I kind of have realized this year is I want to be more of a creator than a consumer. You know, I want to create more things than I consume um, and give back to my community in that way. So, and that's why this podcast is here because in a way this is me being creative and putting these resources that that were put into me out. Right. So other people can use this and other people can learn. Um, but I don't have all the answers. I am still learning, like I said. Um, but I'm doing my best. And I'm trying to do better every day. So I guess that's all that I ask of other people, too. Um, right. And, yeah. And for me, I guess, like, in closing, for me, I would really say, like, remember that changing the thing that you're doing doesn't change why you're doing it. You could... You could, you know, let's say you're a person that doesn't care about the environment and you start caring about the environment. If you're still doing it from a heart of greed, it's still going to end up in a harmful manner. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I guess I just really want to stress the the concept of awareness. Awareness doesn't mean change your belief into what I'm talking about. Awareness means put your heart in the right place. You know? Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the book that I'm gonna recommend for this episode <laughs> is Ishmael. Oh yeah. 
by Daniel Quinn. Honestly, I'm gonna recommend the same book. That it's such an incredible book. It's such a good book. Everyone should read it at least once in their lifetime. Oh yeah, it's it's good. It's so much more than just like environmentalism. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our podcast. My name is Maria. And I'm Alejandro. Space Space out. out!